Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta episodes 33 and 34. With us this week we have Scotty P. I didn't think about this ahead of time enough to prepare, but I should have joined this from my phone. And in the spirit of episode 33, done the entire recording while working on laundry. <laughs> that is and an important plot point for you, Scotty, in your life. And Luke. I am not doing I am not doing laundry. I, I actually am doing laundry right now. I've got some in the dryer. <laughs> My dryer is broken right now, I'm pretty uh, sure. Uh, I need to replace the uh, piping on on my dryer vent because it like came apart, and now like whenever I run the dryer, it makes it's it's a mess. I need to do it this week. My dryer said that it would get hot again if if it could get side three. I don't know if I believe it. That's true. You just true. you should have given it to it in the first place. It's true. So the Mark II repairs are done, and Bright is redirecting the Argama. Uh, to Dublin, but before he can do that, uh, L throws him or tells him to throw away his clothes that he doesn't need anymore. Um, and this is it, they're either like really tiny gym shorts or women's shorts. Bright says they're not his. Uh, I think they were supposed to be like little gym shorts or like under, like under, underpants, basically. But she like, she like eats in with this giant load of laundry and then just like plops it down in the cockpit. It's like it's like if your if your wife or significant other comes in and just drops a load of laundry in your lap at work and it's just like, what am I supposed to do with this right now? Uh, okay. and, she, and she like whips out his thing. They're like torn down the crotch. It's just like <laughs> a giant dickle <laughs> torn into him. It says do something about your Euro vacation shorts here. Yeah, he says they're not his. So I wonder whose they are. And those he's very visibly he, embarrassed. Those are the ones he puts on when he is going to talk to someone and then uh, cross his legs while leaving one up way too high. Uh, maybe if they're from the Lavian Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned in the last episode uh, that they didn't ever address really like how the how the planet wasn't like a complete like disaster after all the colonies being dropped on it. Uh, and they do right here. So this is uh, where they dress address that basically Europe has been like turned into a giant forest for the most part um, in order to kind of try to, I guess, recover the earth. I, I think he said they planted them hundreds of years ago. though. They did, but yeah, they also implied that it was now something new i that's what i got from it because he, he he very clearly did say like they did this a long time ago but it was also like implied that like they have cultivated it and maybe this is why the planet's not like falling in to pieces what i got from it was that the human space colonization has allowed room on earth to do something like that again to yeah. reclaim land with a more natural state and you really want Lieutenant Quattro to be around to see this for this scene. And he is not. He's floating around in space somewhere. How long ago was the colony drop? Mm, so it's 88, right? So it would yeah. have been nine years. Yeah, eight, it definitely eight, eight, eight is before the colony drop. <laughs> yeah, and well, five if we go with the 0083 huh. retcon. But that was always sort of stated to have only affected the granary region of North America in the long run. So, um, so Haman is testing a suit, uh, who no one can control due to the Saikamu forcibly controlling the pilot's consciousness. Um, and we get to meet Arius Moma and we know we'll figure out what the suit is shortly. Cause I don't think they showed it in this first scene, but we'll figure it out shortly, but it's oh, no, 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 we, it's the psycho gun. No, we no, we do. We don't. We know. Did we see it in this? Yeah, because Haman is at this like airport kind of facility, and she's talking to 
this officer dude that we've seen her with a couple of times. He was in the previous episode. Fun fact, I cannot find his name anywhere. He has speaking lines. He's not he in the credits. He doesn't need a name. I, Yeah, he... Look, some dudes that don't even talk or have one line get in the credits. This dude has a couple and is not. So I, I have no idea what his name is. Mystery. Doesn't matter, though. So Amon's talking and reviewing these documents, and you see on the documents the Psycho Gundam Mark II, and there's like a picture of Rosamia in there as well. Yeah, so it does like, definitely have the picture of Rosamia. Yeah, but it has the picture of yeah. the Psycho Gundam Mark II. I guess the problem, my, my issue is why why it was like, it's not completely called out here is because like the picture of the Psycho, Psycho Gundam looks like a big Gundam. Not when so, it's a box. It's true. It has yeah. box mode. It's in box mode. Well, we'll see. We'll so, see the purple shortly. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it's it's in there, and then yeah. So like, Haman's then changing the subject to say if, if it will get to Glemmin. Based on her reviewing the document, you know what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, and then he says, "Oh yeah, Arius Moma, who went ahead on this shuttle, will guarantee that." And then we cut to this guy in the shuttle. Who looks a lot like the main villain from Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah. He's a survivor of the, um, whatever, the, whatever Heaven's Gate cult or whatever. Yeah, let's, now. Can, yeah. can we retcon Thunderbolt to be canon and just say that this is the, he is the remnants of the cult of the Southeast Asian cult? That's what we're doing. All right. So the the lone survivor of the Southeast Asian cult that had these eighty nine psycho zakus in space, which are slowly getting blown up one by one, <laughs> uh, is Arius Momo. Um, and yeah, we see him. Um, so Astonaj says that if Bright wants to win, he should be using pull to fight. Um, Bright has concerns because she is a child. Um, which is, blows my mind that this is actually a concern for Bright, but it apparently is. Um, I think yeah. the more pressing concern, which they've hinted at a few times, uh, is Pole is an enemy pilot, and she's also a cyber new type, crazy cyber new type, yeah. and they well, haven't had good experience with them. And and their immediate concern is that they are still going through their laundry. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, Astinaj also mentions here that... Um, she doesn't feel any pressure from the Saikamu. And that's a big reason that he should try to, to use her. Um, one thing I think we had skipped is that um, Bright had actually told Torres to change course in the scene before this. At the no, end I mentioned that. That was like the first okay. thing. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. He was like in the middle of telling him to change course. He didn't say right. where to, but North, that's because he got Slondi yeah. thrown at him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Judo That's... complains about the Argama redirection and says Bright should go see his family. And um, Bright's basically like, you know, if we survive, we will we'll see our family. That'll be the time to see our family. Not right now. And um, Judo kind of has a flashback to his sister's death. Um, and yeah, it kind of freaks him out. Um Bright mentions that he is going to have a doctor look at pull in Dublin. So assuming they're going to do the cyber new type breakdown, like see if she's okay, crazy, needs medicine, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And I guess this is where we figure that at some point they either offloaded their doctor they had aboard in Zeta or he got killed. I'm going to guess he got killed because it was Zeta. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair assumption. Um, so flash over to Arius, um, and Arius's minion does not know how to use a camera. We get like, he's like talking to the dude in the dude's face. It's like, it's like, imagine talking to like your grandma when she gets FaceTime for the first time, or like a three or four year old kid holding a camera. It's just like, you put it right next to your face and you're like, yeah. or when hey, Lane what's sends up? you an unsolicited video call at 2am and he's been drinking. Yeah. It's not his face. <laughs> see you tonight um <laughs> but yeah so um yeah they <laughs> they're going to go ram the argama so arius's crew who is escorting the psycho gundam is going to ram the argama 
uh, and we learned the Argum or the Psycho Gundam is actually being like kind of trawled behind and like a separate fighter. Um, Bright at this point mentions that uh, the Argum is going to go to a mansion. Uh, at first, I thought it said Beach's Mansion, but it's not Beach's Mansion. No, it's just Beach Mansion. Yeah. Um, but they're going to go meet with the Federation uh, people at, at the mansion as they detect Arius's forces heading in. Um, Paul kind of freaks out uh, because of a reaction from Judo and believes that uh, Judo wanted Paul dead instead of Lena. So she's running off crying at this point. Um, lots of misunderstandings this episode or this arc actually. Um, and she gets into a core fighter and takes off uh, where Lena, you know, comes out from underneath the seat she's on and is like, uh, what you doing? <laughs> um, and the other two double Zeta pieces launch as well. So Beecha is a shitty pilot, as we mentioned in the last episode, but they all, everybody that is, is out there fighting manages to, to fight Arius's forces pretty well. Um, his group is not an elite combat force by any means. Um, but the time has come to ram the Argama and they kind of disperse. So like they, they hold the ground, but they're not very good. Um, pull and judo are communicating telepathically in this fight, which is kind of interesting. We hadn't really seen this much before, but like, Eno's like, are you talking to judo? And, and she just ignores them, but like they're, they're working together. Um, so, yeah, they manage to damage some of the suits, but um, one gets by the rest by the one gets by and um, it shoots at the Argama. Sorry, the the ship. I'm confused for a second. My my sentence is bad. Well, uh, well so where I think you are is that Paul has knocked out a Beiwu pilot's camera. Yes. And he's kind of stunned and not moving and ends up getting rammed by that shuttle. And now there's basically just a fireball. Um, yeah, it looks and, like a laser attack almost in the, yeah. in the animation. Yeah, and the argument has to evade. And when they evade, we get to see all the laundry thrown around the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... You know, so like they dodge the attack and they they manage to to survive, not get blown up. And uh, the actual cargo sh that was carrying the psychozaku flies past Beecha, who's like, "Hey, what's that out there?" Yeah, Beecha's like lost in the clouds. He's not been able to navigate for a while. It, like visually, he doesn't know where he is. And there's we know that he can't use radar because Minovsky particles. And yeah, but he does manage to see that transport plane go by. Yep. So Bright approaches the mansion where we, I guess we fast forward to the mansion now and um, gets held up briefly. And these guys are like, yo, we got to see who you are. He's like, can't you tell who I am? I'm wearing a uniform. And they're like, uh, sorry, bro, that's not enough. And it seems to blow his mind he, that his uniform like, isn't enough. Well, I mean, they are so used to things like, you know, enemy combatants stealing uniforms and being able to completely infiltrate somewhere based on this antic. <laughs> yeah, he, he is like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, so the Argama is being covered in trees um, and then like the kids are hiding in like a truck that they like knock the branches off and they're like, ah, oh, well, let's go shopping. Um, and the one thing that I noted from all of this is Mondo's fucking sleeveless shirt with a tie. You just like now it. noticed that? It was the 80s, Lane. Come on. It just, it, like, it's like they're all dressed up in this scene. Like, they're not wearing, like, their normal suits or anything like that. And they're all, the first town. time we've kind of, huh? They're going into town. Yeah, they're going into town and they're, they're all, going. like. I think I think Eno's wearing like a shirt, but then like he has like a random tie that's hanging off of it and everything. It's 
Look, I pointed out Mondo's ridiculous casual outfit several episodes ago. <laughs> that's, that's probably fair. He looks like a circus assistant. <laughs> you gotta show them guns. Yeah, he's he's gonna go do maintenance on the heavy arms while Troa does the high wire act or something. I really hope somebody does a live action double Zeta and they keep the outfits the same. It's not as good as the the tidy whities and and sleeveless turtleneck from Zeta. Eh, you could do Zeta too then. I ordered that and I never got it. <laughs> Oh, it never oh. showed up. Oh. I no, completely I forgot that. about that. It never showed up. No, it never you, showed up. You bought it from like some random Chinese site, didn't you? I bought it from like, it wasn't even as reputable as Ally Express, honestly. My credit card got popped a while later, so it might have been that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Ugh. Could have been our new. Well, now I have a renewed interest in getting the uh, getting this getting this going. I could just make the. I could just like cosplay Mondo. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I, I feel like he's like a short, stubby guy though. Like this, you, you gotta like you're kind of tall and and lean. You need like one of those guys that's like, I don't know, uh, short but kind of stocky. That's fair. I I could probably do Beecha. Yeah, yeah. You could pull off a Beecha. Get that tie. But you're not a ginger kid. That's true, too. Maybe Eno? Yeah. I don't know. I'll <laughs> you think could about do it. judo. You'd have to cut your hair, though. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> um, yep, so um, everybody goes off to go shopping, and um, judo sees the mansion is like oh that's right there's important people over there i'm gonna go crash the party and he jumps out of the car and heads off yeah he says i'm gonna go show those federation adults so we haven't seen this in a while either judo being adults are stupid and i hate all of them but that is still around and he says to pull hey listen just go with the others go to the doctor do what they say and and she agrees so now we cut to a Federation Admiral. It's Admiral White, who I learned his name by uh, looking at the credits for names I didn't recognize when I was looking for that other dude. And this was one of the ones I had to look up. And apparently this is Admiral White, whose name is never mentioned in the show. Definitely not ever mentioned. Um, I wonder if they forgot to name him and they're just like, well, he's wearing a white uniform. Entirely possible. Yeah, so we had seen mentions in the past of like how the the Federation like representatives on Earth were very much out of touch with like the colonies and things along those lines, and this this scene kind of represents that in in, in a lot of ways. They're basically sitting around this fancy ass table with all this delicacies, and and again, these guys are the ones that have escaped from Dakar um, and should be, you know forming some sort of resistance and they're like basically like partying around eating escargot. Yeah, they're sitting there talking about how like I don't understand how those space people eat synthetic meat and also uh, I get to smoke my cigars and blah 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 that kind of shit. Yeah. Um yep yeah, so Br Bright is tells them that he's there's he's pissed that their policies are giving up so much to Haman. He points out the giving, you know, side three to Haman as, as a peace offering is basically going to allow her to revive Zeon into Neo-Zeon. Um, and they're like, nah, everything will be fine after this. Like, it'll be fine. Like, you'll be able to retire and we can decommission the Argama and all that stuff. You'll be, it'll be fine. We promise it'll be fine. Yeah, well, so it's important here to note that when Bright is first brought in, they're like, who did like the attendant lady brings him in and they're kind of like, who, why are you interrupting us with this like random officer? And then once he says, I'm the captain of the Argama, they kind of chill out. Right. And then like, they just kind of start talking to him a lot more casually. And you know what, what the Admiral says though, is basically he kind of like gets tired of like Bright's basically making like an argument and a point and the Admiral's like, yeah, whatever. Hey, uh, doesn't the AU want to profit more from the, the war anyway? 
And are, like, aren't you guys in league with Anaheim? Isn't that the whole deal? So, I mean, who cares if the war keeps going? Um, but yeah, take that ship to Norway to get it decommissioned. You want a drink? We got some vegetables. You can't have any meat, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And at this point, Judo jumps onto the table and punches Admiral White. Thanks for the name, because now I can say who he punches, other than that dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, he like get, jumps on the railing, kind of gets mad. Says like, "What are you doing, lounging around on the earth?" And then it, it's like this quick but slow escalation where he like goes from railing to jumping on the table to then kicking plates. Um, to then finally, yeah, grabbing it and ultimately punching the uh, admiral and all the other politician guys are like, ah, yeah, and, and violence. And all the while, he's basically like saying, "Don't you realize that you know Haman's evil?" Blah 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 blah. You can't stop her. Um, yep. So yeah, they pull guns on him and Bright, and they are arrested. Um, and then we flash, we get to see Fa again. We haven't seen Fa in a long time. It's been. 30 episodes or so guess what she's doing she's a nurse and doing laundry yep yeah she's pushing like a laundry cart i I thought it was interesting when she popped up uh like pole runs past after pole gets like inspected by the doctor based off of the way they worded that um she like runs past and she's like i know that smell it's the argamon i'm like really (laughs) (laughs) yeah she and, and yeah so she she was a pilot, so she's got some new type powers, apparently, right? Like, everybody that pilots on the Argum is some level of a new type, apparently. Well, that comes up again later, too, like her her pseudo new type abilities, right? Yeah. yeah. But she yeah. definitely did, figured this out purely based on smell. Yeah. And, hey, sense memory is... Uh, smell is one of the most powerful sense memories. So I, I think I can buy that. I can actually buy that. And they haven't, remember, they haven't, well, no, they had that group shower, but uh, anyway. That's how I verify that Scotty's not a clone. Right, yeah. He's like down there, sniff. it's just, yep, something else Something else you get to do. Um, I, I lift his hair and sniff behind his ear. <laughs> um, it, it, another a, a note I had to look up here, because in the show, you don't get a great sense of the time, right? Like the last we saw Fa, she was, leaving the Argama while they were in space and going back to Shangri-La to get Camille. And then we just see her pop up here again on calendar time. And, and the source of this that I went with, if you go look up on, a, I think it's Ultimate Mark is the site that the guy compiled all of this. But the original source is the April 1986 issue of New Type Magazine. So we can find out from that that this episode is basically on September 28th, 0088. And if you go scroll back up and look where Fa left was roughly like mid to late March. So it's been about six months of real time in the show's calendar uh, since Fa's been around everyone. So it's time to go somewhere and start doing something else. Yep. yep. So um, there's a little scene where Paul is wondering where Judo is. Uh, and then like, they're like arguing in the middle of the street while everybody's like trying to load up the car with like shopping goods and stuff like that. And they're like, are you going to fucking help? Well, now remember the reason they even leave the office though, is that pull runs out to, uh, Eno and then they leave. And then Mondo is like, what's okay. You guys are here. And, Eno says, yeah, they don't trust us with just Bright's written request. And then pull takes not being seen more or less as see there's nothing wrong with me i'm totally normal <laughs> yeah um so we learned that glimmy approved arius to launch in his suit to cause some chaos uh as a thanks for basic or as a reward for delivering the psycho gundam to him so he's basically like oh you gave me the psycho gundam yeah you want to go fuck shit up go for it go for it and so he does um judo and bright uh, are locked up in the basement um as the attack begins um and things just start blowing up left and right um the mansion blows up and maybe kills some of those federation guys it doesn't explicitly show it but it like very heavily hints at least some of them die it does not explicitly show it from what i saw but i actually looked up the the admiral white dude and it says that he was killed in that attack okay so like I'm pretty sure they died. It says that, but they don't show that. 
Yeah. They definitely don't show that now. Yeah. But it also had like like it was all in Japanese, so I don't know. But they had like the character profiles from like books and magazines and crap like that that they had, so it might have been something in that. Maybe maybe it's in that. I don't really trust that wiki a lot. So fair. fair. I the way I saw the way I viewed it when there was like it showed him and it showed an explosion and he was close enough to it that I was like, eh, he's probably dead. Um, there were some survivors, but it never showed him. I feel like it would it would have shown him if he survived. So I don't know. Uh, it looked to me like they were all narrowly well, missing, getting blown up in the building. It, it's possible. I do know that later on, when then I don't want to get too far ahead, but when they when the um, like the what is it the mayor or whatever shows up, he's like kind of in charge now. Yeah, even though it's the military. Yeah. Either way, he's either alive or dead. But the mansion definitely gets blown up. <laughs> it, it, gets, it gets bombed, and it's just like straight up on fire at this point. Yeah. Um, so Fa shows up uh, in a Red Cross van uh, to help, and Judo and Bright are still stuck in the basement as the building's Dude, on fire. And in, in the Universal Century, if you're a Federation officer, I mean, in the middle of a combat zone, like the doctors and nurses show up to give first aid. Like this is, this is like ratchet of the Autobots showing up. He's like, no, we're not going to wait until everything is over. There's live fire, but we're still coming in to fix people. Apparently that's what you get. If you're a Federation snobby, well-to-do guy. Yeah. Why not? Very, very fast. Um, yeah. So Fa hears judo yelling and heads towards the, uh, the grate in the basement um as the gundam team launches from the argama um fa finds bright and judo uh and is like like they're they're still kind of playing this game of they don't know who each other are are yet but like they're like that's familiar uh and then uh fa rams a car into the grate and opens a nice big hole in the basement so they can get out <laughs> so they get in the car in the car with Fa and head towards the Argama. Uh and she and Fa's like, Why are you in in Dublin, Bright? And he's he gives like some stupid answer. It's Bright's not very happy and he almost just died. Yeah. <laughs> um so he says he came there to shed tears after being smothered in smoke. He he's basically just real pissed off. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like something got lost in translation there, but maybe I don't know better. Yeah, to me it was like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" You know, it sure is bad weather today. Well, he couldn't say I came here to laugh at you. So. <laughs> That's fair. Episode thirty-four, Camille's voice. Yeah, so they don't call this a two-parter, but. It's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. because It fully totally is, for sure. Yeah. Episode 33, they're driving off. You got mobile suits flying overhead. And then episode 34 starts, same battle zone, same mobile suits flying around. Well, same drive? They, I have complaints that I didn't put put in writing about the, the preview at the end of this episode. Like, straight up calling out the death of somebody <laughs> in the preview. Okay. You should know this by now. Don't watch the preview. <laughs> yeah, if you are new to any Gundam show, if you were like watching on a disc or how, however you're going for it, when like there's no post credits scenes in these old shows, I don't think there are in the new shows either. Hit just hit next to watch <laughs> the preview. Yeah, because the preview is going to be like the name of the next episode is. Camille dies, and you know what's going to happen. Camille's going to fucking die. <laughs> Camille right. gets shot in the face and dies. Well, well, shit. Anyway, this one's Camille's voice, so you know when you hear some voices, there's going to be they're going to be Camille's. Um, so the battle battle is continuing, and uh, Bright is complaining out loud uh, about the Argama not having launched yet, um, and. Basically, at they at this point, Fa's like, I need to go back to Camille and take care of him because he's a vegetable. Um, 
and Judo and Bright are like, yeah, that's fine. We'll we can head to the argument from here. Um, so they she they get out of the car. She drives away, um, and we see that the Argama is finally starting to launch. Um, and Pull is going to take out the double Zeta since Judo isn't there. And then as they see the Argama launching, Judo and Bright are like, why is the Argama moving? <laughs> so uh, you don't even have like a minute of separation between why isn't that ship launched yet? And what the fuck? Why is it going? I think it's because they were almost there. Yeah. They're like, now? <laughs> now is when you do this really we're just on a hill like 50 <laughs> feet away yeah i thought that was pretty funny um so arius encounters the mark ii uh but bicha does not die uh thanks to pull arius uh ends up losing most of his guys and uh ends up retreating again and then we go back to seeing fa at the hospital and find that Camille has left his bed. He is no longer a vegetable. He is a rolling vegetable. Um, He's one of the Konosuba vegetables now. <laughs> um, so Bright and Judo are pissed that they allowed Pole to pilot the double Zeta. Um, and they fear that she might be going, that she might go new type crazy in the middle of the fight and basically become their enemy. Um, but Bright does acknowledge that Pole is an asset in battle and that, um, and then Pole shows up in the Argama wearing a dress that, uh, Judo had bought for Lena's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the dress that he bought for Lena when he was like about to rescue her before. Yeah. And it was funny because when they first meant like showed her in the dress i was like okay that's cool they went shopping and got a dress and then they're like no they went shopping they got clothes but they put judo in lena's dress or they put pull in lena's dress it's like could they have not like well they they didn't know or excuse me l and pull did not know right right that's what it was yeah they just did laundry okay that's true they said oh hey look at this it's clean now they well they specifically said they were like going through the closets and they found it in the closet mm -hmm. Yeah, so everybody makes it awkward because, like, they call it out. They're like, "That, that was the dress that Judo bought for his dead sister, right in front of Judo." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "He's like, no, no, it, it's it's fine, guys." It's he's fine. actually really mature about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the mayor of Dublin shows up and says that he has confiscated the Argama to the people who are currently in and yeah. piloting the Argama. Yeah, and then Bright remembers that he's in the AUG anyway, and he goes, ignore that. Yeah. He's like, these guys can't do anything. Uh, until Fa shows up. Fa, so Fa drives up to the Argama, uh, and the, the Dublin soldiers or police, whatever they are, um, restrain her and are like, oh, well, she knows these guys. Maybe we can do something with this. And Judo shows up with a machine gun. And it's like, let her go. And they're like, well, we outnumber you. And so everybody else shows up with a machine gun from the I thought this part was hilarious because they're like, warning shot, and they fire like a warning shot, and the judo just like shoots directly at them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they 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 free uh Fa and Judo shoots at their feet anyway and like <laughs> makes them run away. Makes it well, he makes them do that like cartoony like dance so you don't get yeah. shot in the feet thing. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and Shinta and Kum run to Fa and cry and say, hey, uh, you left us, we're orphans, and you are our mom, and it, we hate you. They don't say that, but... That's what they meant. That's basically why, why what they you, meant. Why'd you leave us on a, on a warship? <laughs> yeah. We're orphans, and you rescued us, and then after our parents died, you left us. Like, Char just dropped us off there, and then we had to find anyone, because... He wasn't going to take care of us. <laughs> we were safe there. Um, so we we learned that Camille can walk, but he's essentially a zombie. Um, Fa begs the Argama to to help her find him. And um, the Judo makes a comment that Fa looks like she has basically started wasting away, has lost a lot of weight, and is pretty thin. Um, Pull volunteers to help Camille. 
uh, find Camille and they all agree to it. Um, and the Gundam team launches without Paul. There was like no explanation there either. She specifically says, um, oh, uh, he's a, she's like, oh, I can, he's a new type, right? I can find him. Um, and then they want to like encourage that. And then I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, isn't this the point where like, Bright's Like, no, no, no. Uh, you need to stay here. Yeah. It was just like really random. It's like, oh, we can find, I, I can find, you know, him very easily. And she has like a track record of being able to track people down. Like she's done it for him before. Bright is concerned about having pull, I think in too close contact and in too much of a connection with Camille because of Camille's history. Think of Camille's history around cyber new types. What usually, uh, what usually happens, right? He bangs them. Well, okay. But they, <laughs> at some point, at some point they go out of control, regardless of the situation with penetration. So he's, he's like, I'm, for once, kind of does the, the right thing i think and he like <laughs> confines her to a room um i'm, I'm gonna go with he bangs <laughs> well that's fine uh it's funny though when everybody launches uh mondo ends up having to just play like driver for fa and shinta and kum he doesn't he's you there you get to drive a car thing <laughs> mondo um, will do something <laughs> yeah so yeah anyway pull has been confined to a room that I forget the blonde lady's name, but she's been in the series before, and she's like a maid, housekeeper. Yeah, I don't know, cook something on the Argama, um, and then she was she kind of scolds Paul for keeping uh, dirty laundry in a locker. Literally, I interpreted that as a crusty sock that she whipped out of there. Yeah, Back, yeah. Also, yeah, yep, yep. But then um, when she's looking at over at Paul, Paul is at this point like spaced out yeah um so yeah pull goes into a trance and senses that glimmy is heading towards the argument um and at this she runs to the mark ii and decides she is going to launch to attack to attack the sandra so despite the fact that we mentioned earlier at the, at the beginning of episode 33 that the Mark II had been repaired. It is not repaired. It well, is that's... We we did skip this. You skipped this part. Um, oh, yeah. It did kind of get fucked up a little bit. Right. So the, the arm gets blown off. Again. In the previous encounter. Right. Um, and just as well, Astonage is thinking to himself, oh, yeah, I'm sure glad we've got the parts to fix that left arm. Paul goes and steals it. So... As usual, though, you know, Bright does nothing to stop this. So after, right after he does, like, the right thing, we see him into his old bad habits of just letting whoever steal a Gundam from his ship. Yeah. Yeah. And Gundams are basically, like, free rental cars for him. Yeah, they're like the uh, the car to go. <laughs> you know, you just, you get in it, they charge you for the time. Yeah. You park it when you're done. So we see the Psycho Gundam again. Arius has announced that he wants to pilot it, and um, Glimmy's like, nah, dude, it would it would actually kill you if you piloted it. And Arius is like, nah, that's fine. It's completely fine. I, I'll, I'll pilot it. And Glimmy's like, eh, listen, I'm not bright. I'm not going to let you pilot this thing. Because you're not Sojo Levinfu. Yeah. Yeah, you might look like him, but you're not him. He makes a comment about how he's not going to waste resources or waste like soldiers that way. Right. Yeah. Um, and Glimmy's like, I, I already got somebody in mind to pilot this thing anyway. Don't worry about it. Um, 14 of them is fine. <laughs> yeah. 14? Is that the age? I know. I, I just do it off the age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's too old. Um, so. Pull is trying to destroy the bridge and take out the ship uh, and hits it with her, not uh, Dodai, I guess it is. Um, and it doesn't take out the ship, but she does hit the bridge. Uh, Arius misses Pull when he tries to attack because um, she hears a voice. Uh, and keep in mind, the name of this episode is Camille's voice. So she hears Camille's voice. Um 
and she thinks it's judo at first um but he says he says steal a base jabber so we have a new name for the neo zeon things that are called base jabbers um and he's like yeah take take the base jabber so um she gets on the base jabber but eventually gets pushed into the psycho gundam um and arius just keeps missing like he he's never able to pull out the fatal blow um he's because yeah, well the the interesting thing that camille has her do though is that he basically has her you know jump on there and she's holding not only the pilot of the base jabber hostage more or less at this point but camille says use that as a shield and basically what that means is she is on the base jabber and has it in front of the ship. So then the Beiwus start firing at her and miss and they hit their own, they're hitting their own ship. Yeah. So, yeah. but then someone, uh, Dana attacks from above and knocks the Mark two off the base jabber, then into the back of the psycho Gundam. And then you have Arius with the, uh, with the up. So, yeah. So, um, Glimmy says he's going to take the Sandra over Dublin to attack the Argama. So we've seen this strategy before of take the Zeon ship over the city. Argama won't feel comfortable fighting and blah, blah, blah. So the voice tells Judo, and by the voice again, I mean Camille, to head to the Sandra because Pull is in danger. Um, it also talks to Rue and everybody else on the Gundam team. Um, and pool is running out of energy and keeps getting pushed around and pushed into the psycho Gundam. Um, she's taken a lot of damage, but she's still managing to, to stay alive. Um, and then she, she gets pushed into the psycho Gundam and then she's just kind of goes rigid and she starts to glow and the psycho Gundam starts to glow and it begins moving. Um, Camille, Camille's voice tells her to get away from from the psycho Gundam uh and she listens and also this mark II gets its head cut off um but it's only a camera in the head unit so we're fine she's alive yeah so she jumps off of the Sandra thinking she could maybe try to escape up but then uh, a Beiwu on a base jabber knocks the top of it yeah like flies over top and like bonks it uh, where the head was and it sends it down uh, crashing down to the beach and she passes out yeah yeah she looks in really bad shape in that scene um so judo shows up and scares the enemy away um but the voice tells judo to focus on the enemy and not to try to save pull um he's like she'll survive you need to deal with the bad guys right now um the rest of the gundam team shows up um and they try to form into the double Zeta while they're being attacked. And Camille's voice essentially just says, like, no, turn left here, turn right here. Now we can faint this way, do this, and then, like, you can merge into everything. Um, and they do that. And as soon as they form, um, Judo activates. And I think this is, this might be the second time, or it could be the first time. I think we had talked about it before, at the very least. Judo uses the high mega cannon. He's blows. used it before, yeah. So this this guy Dana is, yeah, actually is what's preventing them from forming up, even with Camille's help. And it's only when Rue and Beecher show up in the Zeta and the Hyakushiki that they finally have the numbers that they can go and do stock footage transformation combination yeah. sequence. And it's another real short thing where as soon as they form it, he blasts that cannon and he melts that dude. Dana, oh yeah, it was yeah, he just melted and. It, it at least grazes the Sandra. You hear that it's port side guns all get taken out. It looked yeah. it looked visually like it might have even done some rear engine damage. Yeah. So you yeah, don't. Mess it was with like that. a glancing blow at least because like when you first look at it, it's like oh that wasn't that bad. But but you do hear uh, Glimmy say that the the Sandra is being forced to retreat. Yeah, I I feel like Neo Zeon must have really built their ships with mobile suit combat in mind, because you think about the one year war content and like right before that, like mobile suit versus like five ships, no problem. Mobile suit wins. Like even on a crappy Zaku. 
here i mean that was like uh, the whole battle of loom sequence right oh yeah yeah i mean it's a we're shown several times that mobile suits are a major problem for traditional warship style vessels and this neo zeon one now granted they've only got three of these so these must be really beefy diesel um ships because this thing just took a dodai almost directly to the bridge random pot shots from its own dudes and at least got grazed by the high mega cannon and glimmy's like well i guess we retreat now yeah <laughs> yeah that's fair um yeah so judo heads to pull and fa shows up to take care of her um and she tells fa that she knows where camille is uh and and announces that it was camille that everybody had heard uh helping them um so judo basically picks up and carries pull and she leads them to camille who is sitting on the rocks at the edge of the water um he stands and fall runs to him and she hugs him he just kind of stands there but they they kind of seem like they imply that like while he's awake he's like not quite there Right, like did very you mean, vacant thousand yard stare. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like he just woke up from a coma or something. But the thing is, and and maybe you can just say it's waves crashing, but you don't see any, and he looks really wet. Did he swim to get where he is? Maybe. I think he he might have swam. He might have floated over the water like Jesus. Also possible. The, look, the psycho gun to Mark II was active for a short time. He might have just floated over. It's glowing. <laughs> yeah, this this uh, this this little set of episodes was was interesting. I think it gave Pole a lot more characterization than it had before, uh, especially in long, along the lines of like some of her some of her motives and like new type powers and how she's being kind of and how she's not just like somebody that's obsessed with with judo she actually does care for him and does want to try to fill the void that lena had left in him yeah and i think that you get some other things too that you have been very heavily implied if not directly stated before but you really get to see them here for one a lot of bright being that very principled hero of justice kind of dude uh, you know, disregarding authority, but in the name of doing the right thing. And you really see him lead by example here a, a good deal. And also the, with the Federation officials, right? They're almost a caricature because they're meant to represent this general idea that has been tossed around since more or less the start of Zeta. And really going back to the formation of the Titans in 0083, but that's technically a retcon, so, you know. Uh, but of these shadowy, you know, quote-unquote Federation officials that are being very hands-off, and uh, we're going to see some more of that in upcoming episodes, but... And how out of touch they are with what's going yeah. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's I mean, very... we had heard we had heard some of that commentary and others and other parts of the show, but it never really been. It had always been like, oh, these guys are out of touch. We should, and, and I think Char and Zeta had said like, oh, we should make the politicians live in the colonies and things along those lines. But we had never actually seen that. Yeah, and hey, look, they weren't wrong. Uh, and there's a lot here that I think, even though this show was made 35 years ago, almost or whatnot. So there's a lot here that would a hundred percent still apply. Like you can imagine no matter who of them you like or don't or voted for or didn't imagine any, literally any congressperson, and, and place them in that scene. It's not hard to imagine. Yeah. That, that, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So some good stuff uh, in this, in this pair of episodes for sure. Oh, one thing that, uh, that, Cole said earlier, I forgot to mention it when we were talking about it, but there's a part when she was kind of like freaking out and the last is actually in the last episode. Uh, she made a comment about how she cares about judo as much as Lena did. And it kind of like, it really like pushed the, the, you know, implication that she's just kind of trying to replace Lena. And I thought that paired really interestingly with, with after saying that, then putting on Lena's clothes and stuff like that, 
even though she didn't do it knowingly. Well, I think we've also seen in a few cases where they've emphasized like how strongly new types feel. Um, and, and I think this is a reflection of that because I don't think, I don't think she's lying and I don't think she's saying anything out of like pure immaturity. I mean, it is some, some level of immaturity, but it's more along the lines of like her raw emotion as opposed to like her not. Well, that feeds, that feeds really heavily into like kind of how the new type powers work. Like it's, it's very much they're feeling one another's emotions and that's how they're interpreting stuff in combat, you know, is by a, by the direct link between emotions. Yeah. And you see this thing, there's a development with judo and pull here that it's, not necessarily a romantic bond, but it's a very strong bond that has formed between them mm-hmm. and it's growing. And that's why when like you think about judo, even 10 episodes ago, if Paul walked in and Lena's dress, even no, not knowing better, he would have thrown a shit fit. Whereas yeah. here he isn't necessarily like thrilled or anything, but he's able to like take in the situation kind of, be calm about it and go, nope, this is okay. This is fine. And not even have pull, you know, get upset and, you know, just based on the thoughts or whatever. So, or does she, maybe that's the point where she, but anyway, there, no, she doesn't get too upset at that point. I mean, it's very clearly awkward, but Mm -hmm. not terrible. Yeah. So there's, there's some definite growth of that relationship uh, going on here. So, Yep. Yeah. Anything else, guys? These were really good episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Really this. this show really shines on its back half. Yeah, we we've hit the part where outside of maybe like Tiger Bomb, um, I don't know if there's much that's bad in the rest of the series. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we only have. 13 episodes left but still it's there listen there's some more moon moon okay yep it's not all great but we are at the part where it's mostly yeah yeah the show is very consistent from this point on for the most part and good i like it continue watching with us all right anything else guys no no this one Oh, yeah, no, okay, sorry. I was thinking about the preview for the next episode, but I'm actually thinking about oh, the, the, our, our next episode for the end preview. There's another very spoilery one. So. Oh, the, the preview for the next episode, if you even watch the first three seconds of it, yeah, it yeah. it tells you what happens, or it tells you what characters do not lo- exist anymore. And I was like, whoa, I, I forgot that happened in the next episode. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Stuff going down. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks again. Follow us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod and wherever else we post our content. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks.